0: Greetings, Patreons and programs. We are here uh, for our extra content for January. My name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. So things have been a little crazy this month, and it's been kind of hard to uh, to get everybody together to do a commentary track. So me and Derek were talking and came up with an idea of uh, we had mentioned this on uh, thank you the the last episode or one before where we were. Uh, or maybe it might have been on the, uh, the Feature Prez pod when we were talking about the, uh, the top five movie sequels. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about um, w- we should do top five worst video game sequels. And I uh, thought that was a good idea to do for you guys this month.
1: Well, you know me, I'm never going to say no to a top five list. I feel like I've been doing one every week over on feature presentation, but th- this will be fun because very rarely do I do like top five worst things or bottom five
0: things. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to do the top five best, but
1: yeah. You know. I, I don't know how you felt about putting your list together, but mine was actually fairly easy to, like, to select the five. It was a little difficult to rank them. But I I knew which ones I wanted to pick right off the bat.
0: Oh yeah, I had I had about three right off the bat, and uh, the the couple other ones I had to really think about, and um, I have three that ended up on a runners up list. So I don't don't know if you have any runners up.
1: I do not, but I'm excited to hear
0: yours. Okay. Um, Well, I guess what we'll do is uh, so how how did you come up with your list? Like, is what were your criteria? so it it's kind of a a
1: broad answer because some of mine are straight up sequels some are actually like you could count them as sequels but they're all also kind of like reboots yeah, of the I, franchises that that I felt were you know it it really lowered the standard for what is expected especially one that you know, if you if you know what N sixty four games I like, you know one of these is going to be on the list. So
0: yeah. I have one on here that's a uh, that's a reboot. Well, not necessarily a reboot, but uh, they they took the franchise itself in a whole new direction. But uh, we'll talk mm. about when we when we get to it. But uh, I guess we can start out with um, we'll talk about my runners up first. Knock okay. those out. Um, the first one up on my runners up is uh, Donkey Kong Junior.
1: Ooh, I didn't even think about that
0: one. I am not a fan of Donkey Kong Jr. because Donkey Kong itself is... It's a very enjoyable arcade game. Uh, every time I see a Donkey Kong machine, I feel compelled to play it much like uh, uh, Miss Pac-Man. But man, Donkey Kong Jr., they took what was good about Donkey Kong the original and just ramped up the difficulty to to 10 And I don't know about you, but as many times as I've tried to play Donkey Kong Jr. throughout my life, I don't think I've ever gotten past the first stage. I may have gotten to the second one, but
1: I'm right there with you. Donkey Kong, the original, is, to me, one of the most important video games of all time because it really... Launched a genre into hmm. the stratosphere and into the mainstream. Launched and a company
0: too. I mean, if it wasn't yeah, Donkey Kong, we wouldn't have Nintendo right now.
1: Yeah, it launched Mario. It launched Donkey Kong. You know two of the most iconic Nintendo and just video game characters of all time. And let's be honest, you can't make Mario a villain. Yeah. They made Mario the villain <laughs> in Donkey Kong Jr. And you just cannot do that. Like, yeah. Mario is just so he's so wholesome and good. Like he, there's just <laughs> like there's certain characters that you can't make evil, and Mario is one of them.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's that's number one on my runners-up list. Uh, number two, I felt bad about putting this on the top five list, because I don't think this is a bad game. I think it's just, it was executed poorly, and the day-night mechanic uh, really brings the enjoyment of the game down, and, and because I said that, I think everybody's figured out at this point, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. It was so, I like the fact that they tried to take it in a different direction, which I enjoy um, that, what they did with Castlevania 2, but like I said, I think there's just the execution was off.
1: Yeah, and I'll always give a company credit for at least attempting new things when you don't necessarily have to, but you also have to be knowledgeable and critical if the execution doesn't work and i agree with you in this case it the execution didn't work but i like the idea though
0: yeah i still enjoy playing the game because it actually to be honest this was i remember this was the very first game i ever rented after i got my nintendo when i was a kid uh we had a gas station down the street from us that uh i don't know if you remember back in the day gas stations would have like a little wall of videos that they would rent um mm-hmm. And they had some Nintendo games. I remember uh, I rented uh, Kid Nicky, um, but uh, Castlevania two was the first game I ever rented. Uh, and, of course, I played the original Castlevania, and this was just so far... Well, no, no, I take that back, take that back. I actually played Castlevania two before I played the original Castlevania. So my first foray into Castlevania was Castlevania two. So I didn't have that hatred of it that most people had that played the original Castlevania, but once you play the original Castlevania and then go to Castlevania 2, it's like, whoa, this is completely different.
1: I feel like we're having a conversation similar to when you told me to watch Halloween 3, Season of the Witch first yeah. before I watched <laughs> Halloween 1 and 2 for the it's first weird. time. I, I, um,
0: when I was a kid, I watched, all the, watched and played all the sequels first before I saw the originals.
1: Which, looking back on it, I don't think was a bad thing. No,
0: not at all. Um, and for my last runner-up, I have Resident Evil 6. Um, they got so far away from what made Resident Evil a horror game, like horror survival. Um, you know, I think 2 and 4 are the best games in that original run of the Resident Evil games. Uh, 5 was a bit more of an action game, but it still had the horror elements in it. By the time they got to six, it was just a straight up action game, and I, I remember playing it. I had rented it at the time, and I think I got maybe thirty minutes into the game, and I was just like, "Man, this just this is not for me." I don't think I like Resident Evil games anymore. So I'm
1: not as knowledgeable on Resident Evil games as you are, but in doing research for my list, I looked at several other, you know, like top ten or top twenty five worst video game sequels. Every list I looked at had Resident Evil Six on it, yeah, so that I think I, that's th- I don't blame that's them. all you need to know,
0: <laughs> but yeah it's it's uh yeah, I could see why this landed on you know worst game lists because this is the game that that stopped me from playing seven and eight for for so long I mean I've played them by now, but and I enjoy those games you know, they took it in a complete different direction, brought it back to the the horror genre. But uh but yeah 6 really soured me on Resident Evil for a while.
1: that goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's all about the execution if yeah. you want to do something different, but I don't think you can completely reinvent the formula that makes your predecessors so successful.
0: Yeah. Um so now we're on to the actual list and uh would you like to start us off with your your number 5? I would love to. My number 5
1: Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. I played this for the Xbox 360 when it came out. I loved the original because it took lightsaber combat, customization, and Force abilities to a whole new level. I remember playing this at my friend Jake and Luke's house whenever it came out. And the first time you play as Darth Vader through the, the first when you're on Kashyyyk for the first time before you meet his secret apprentice, and you have to use the force to knock over this giant wall. And my jaw dropped Yeah, the first time I did that. And it was just, it was so cool because you felt like you were actually in one of the movies mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's one of those things that I wish was still canon. Uh, so I was really excited for Force Unleashed 2 when it was announced. But I was so disappointed with it because they didn't really do anything to make it very different. And it was also very short. Like it felt more like a DLC pack. Yeah. That would that would be an epilogue for the Force Unleashed One. So it was one of those games that you know I beat in a few hours. I thought the story was. I didn't agree with a lot of the directions they went in. Um, They had some alternate endings that were pretty cool, but it, it was just a very watered down version of what I thought was a great first incarnation of that game
0: yeah i never played part two i really enjoyed the first one i mean how can you not like you know bringing down a star destroyer using the force
1: oh my god yeah (laughs) that was insane
0: that was so cool and and never i didn't know you could do that with the force i was like man this game is awesome
1: yeah it's one of the best star wars games ever made in my opinion i just i wish if they i wish they would have taken a little more time with the sequel or just take what you had and make it DLC.
0: Yeah. Well, it it is an EA game, so it was probably very, very rushed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like to not think about EA if I don't have to. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Uh,
0: For my number five spot, I have Star Tropics Two: Zoda's revenge. Everybody knows my love for the original Star Tropics game. I still think it's one of the best NES games uh, that that was out there. The adventure, the story, the, the gameplay. Um, and then they brought along the sequel, which was very late in the NES uh, lifetime. It, it came out in 1994. Um, and pretty much everybody had moved on to the Super Nintendo at that point, which is weird to me. They never tried to make a sequel for the Super Nintendo. And uh, I was so excited for when this game was coming out. You know, I had a job at the time, I still had my Nintendo, and I was like, man, I'm going to get Zoda's Revenge because I loved the first one so much. Got it, and immediately knew that they took everything that was fun about the first game and just yanked it out. Like They tried to improve upon, in the original game, when you move, you move in a grid pattern, which... I didn't find awful in the first game. I think it it actually worked in that game's favor. Um, they tried to fix that for the second game to where you could, you know, in the first game you could only move in four directions, up, down, left, or right. In um, the second one, they fixed it to where you could actually maneuver while jumping, which caused you to either overshoot your target or, you know, you would end up jumping off of platforms and and not land where you're supposed to go, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the first part of the game, you're trying to to move around the map and you're you're falling into sinkholes every five feet, and it made it so aggravating that I, I just didn't even want to play it.
1: I, when I think of Star Tropics, I think of one of the greatest what if stories, yeah. for Nintendo because. Why would you make a sequel to what I perceive to be a a pretty successful game years after you release a new console? Like, why is it still coming out for the NES three yeah. years after you've launched the Super Nintendo? Four years I don't understand after the original that logic. game,
0: four whole years after the original game.
1: So it really makes you wonder. And I know we've had this discussion numerous times, but what would have happened? had Star Tropics 2 been released for the Super Nintendo, would we be talking about Star Tropics in the same vein as like a Zelda or a Metroid? Who knows?
0: Yeah. And how can you call a game Star Tropics when in the sequel you take the tropics out of the game? Like there's Yeah. Yeah. Like and it's you just took, Star. You took the whole environment that was cool about the first game and just got rid of it. I don't I don't know what they were thinking with this game. I've tried that makes me- Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say it it makes me want to find every copy of Star Tropics 2 and cross off tropics, yeah, exactly Star
0: star Two, Zoda's Revenge. yeah, but you know me. I have tried and tried that that was one of the first games when we started this game when we started this this show, that was one of the games. I was like, I want to go back and really try to play this game and review it, and I've tried over the last few years. I've started a new game, tried to play it it It's pretty much unplayable.
1: That's a shame. That really is a shame because I've played a little bit of the original Star Tropics and I do like it. You know, it, it's one that I haven't revisited in a while, but it just sucks when, you know, like I was talking about with The Force Unleashed, when you have a great game and then you mess up the sequel. Yeah. It, it's just unfortunate. But speaking of ruining uh, sequels, Tyler Watson, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for this, but my number four, you knew this had to be on my list. Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures.
0: When oh, yeah, I pa- knew that was coming.
1: <laughs> you, I'm surprised it's not higher, but I'll get into why my other three are higher in just a bit. Pac-Man, probably the most iconic arcade game of all time, wouldn't you say?
0: Uh, yeah, probably one of the most important video games of all time.
1: If if not number one, as far as like arcade specific, it's gotta be in the top three. So what do you do with a sequel? (laughs) You make it a point-and-click adventure. And Uh. not not to not to knock point and click games. I will admit I'm not as well versed in them as you have. I know you've talked about numerous ones that you've played in the past. Yeah. But it just didn't work for Pac-Man, in my opinion. When I think of Pac-Man, I think of, you know, Gobbling up power pellets and mm-hmm. chasing ghosts, and you know, just going to different maps. And what do you do? You make Pac-Man uh, a wholesome family man who runs <laughs> errands for his family and screw and tries to fix all their screwed-up problems. You you still have the power pellet aspect where, like, you get ambushed by ghosts sometimes, and you basically how you control the environment is Pac-Man is just moving by himself. And you have this like slingshot at the bottom of the screen and you shoot objects that you want Pac-Man to interact with. You can also shoot power pellets onto the screen if he's ambushed by ghosts. And that turns him into super Pac-Man, turns the ghost blue like we see in the arcade games, blah, blah, blah. It just, it didn't work for Pac-Man. Like if you had made a point and click game that featured a completely different property, I might have given it a better shot, but it's just not what I think of when I think of Pac-Man.
0: Yeah, Pac-Man's pretty much stuck in that jo- that maze genre. It, it, like it's it's it would be too hard to try to bring him out of that and and try to make him anything other than you know clear the screen of pellets, go on to the next screen like that. That's Pac-Man trying to make him into a point and click RPG or whatever or platformer. No, that just that sounds awful to me.
1: It's, it's another one of those games that in all the lists I read for worst video game sequels, it was on every one of them.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it was. I remember it, you it's just, re- reviewing this thing and I was like, I will never play this ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't done it in a while, but I, I used to have this running gag whenever I would visit a, a retro game store here in town. And if I saw a game I really didn't like, I would take a picture of it and me giving uh, a little bit of sign language to it, yeah. if you will, and I and I would send that to Jason. That that or taking a Final Fantasy game and putting it back on the
0: shelf. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At my number four spot, this is going to be controversial. I actually combined two games to to add to the fourth spot, and I know people are going to be very surprised to hear me say this, but Ninja Gaiden two and three for the NES. Ninja Gaiden is still one of my favorite games for the Nintendo, even as hard as it is. And that's the thing. That game is very hard. And I have a sense of personal accomplishment that I can beat that game. So they took what was good about the first game and they said, you know what? Let's make this even more impossibly hard (laughs) for the sequels and 2 was exponentially harder than 1 and even in the first game it 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 the difficulty ramps up you know the first stage isn't that hard second stage is harder third stage you know it exponentially gets harder as the game goes on the second game it just starts off like like the final level of the first game like it's so it it just throws you into madness with no kind of like if you had never played the first game god help you and by the time the third game came around it was like it was so hard i i couldn't even play it
1: it makes you wonder like what was the state like the mental state of these developers like were they so angry in their life they were like <laughs> you know what we're going to take our anger out on the masses we're going to make ninja gaiden 2 even harder than the first one yeah. and you know what we're going to do with 3 we're going to make it even harder than that
0: i know to where it's almost unplayable where you 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 have to be some sort of gaming savant to play the third game at least the second game i could get you know to this day i can get you know three or four levels in before i just can't go any further but the third one is just it's so far beyond playable
1: i'll be completely honest i forget that ninja gaiden even has sequels I, i know the first one is held in very high regard but you never hear anything about two and three, and I, I think that speaks volumes because no one can play them. <laughs> I I just don't understand like as a developer like you you have to know or have some inclination of how difficult the game is. So why would you make it borderline impossible to play?
0: Who knows? I haven't. I don't know. I would love to have one of the Ninja Gaiden developers on this show and just be like, so why do you hate children? <laughs>
1: so what what happened to you in your life that made you this way
0: (laughs) did a ninja kill your family or what happened
1: yeah we 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 got to know (laughs) so my number three we had talked about you successful games and then they decide to do Maybe like a, a soft reboot or just completely change things up, and that's what happened with my number three, which is Banjo Kazooie: nuts and bolts mm-hmm. for the Xbox 360. Much like people know your love of Star Tropics, they know my love of Banjo Kazooie. It's my favorite 3D platformer of all time. I know that's kind of crazy to think that it's better than the likes of Mario 64, but mm-hmm. it's just my opinion. I love Banjo Kazooie. I even like Banjo 2 as well. So I was excited when they announced that there was going to be a third Banjo-Kazooie for the Xbox 360. They released a trailer for it. And when you think of Banjo-Kazooie, you think of collecting jigsaw pieces, uh, musical notes, like different collectibles throughout each level as you progress through the game. What you do in Nuts and Bolts is at the beginning of the game, you have all of your abilities taken away from you. And what you have to do to, uh, to accomplish all your objectives, you build vehicles. To travel yeah. around and collect jigsaw pieces.
0: That doesn't sound you fun.
1: <laughs> you don't have you know, any attacks or anything that you had in one and two. Why, did, why and they, did they
0: do that for sequels? Why did they take the stuff that was fun about the first game and then yank and it you, out?
1: <laughs> you took the platforming out of the platformer, is <laughs> exactly what they did. Like you took the genre out of it Yeah, completely. Like, I, I like the animation style. It had this kind of, like, bright, vibrant, and blocky kind of look to it, which I thought was was okay. But you took everything out of the original two of what made it great, and you just removed all of it. Yeah. I, I wish that Rare would make a true Banjo-Kazooie 3. I don't foresee it happening because i feel like if it was going to happen it would have happened by now because this game came out i think in like 2006 2007 something like that um i'll actually look that up real quick i think
0: there's just an there's an expectation for sequels to games like you think like why not just take you know the the game physics and engine and, and the playability of the first game that people enjoyed and then just copy and paste that into you know, a new environment, new story, and, but add new things to it. Why take things away that people enjoyed about the first game? That just boggles my mind. Well, and
1: they, they did that with Banjo-Tooie. They left the core concept, but they added new abilities like Banjo-Kazooie being able to split up. And give them each their own moves and that added, you know, a fun new dynamic. But with this, you just took pretty much everything that made those first two games great and they were gone. Yeah. But the, the game came out November eleventh, two thousand eight. Wow. Oh, okay. So it came out it came out eight years after Banjo tooie Wow. So I it's one of those games on my wish list, much like a Conquerors Bad Fur Day 2, but I, I don't foresee it happening. Unfortunately, so this game was just it was one of the most disappointing games that I've ever played, too. It made me sad to play it.
0: (laughs) That's the bad thing, but it makes you sad to play a game. Yeah. Uh, For my number three spot, here's the one that uh, I was talking about beforehand about being basically a reboot. It's still it's not a reboot. It's a continuation of the original story, but just a complete different uh way uh, like a reboot or a retail like i don't know just a restart basically mass effect andromeda i yep. loved the original mass effect games i was one of the people that didn't mind the way it ended i thought it ended great i loved those that original trilogy mass effect 2 is still one of my favorite games of all time but mass effect andromeda took everything that was good about the original trilogy and yeah you know, they t- they they took out some of the aliens and like all the stuff that was cool about the first game and just made a boring sequel slash reboot like i I have it on p s four I think I played it for maybe three or four hours, and there was nothing keeping me playing that game
1: That's another one of those very disappointing games too, because much like you, I like the Mass Effect trilogy was excited when andromeda was announced i luckily for me i didn't get it when it first came out but i heard enough from mutual friends who liked the original trilogy too and they were like don't don't play it it's, yeah. it's not worth it so I, I i never got around to it but all the reviews i read and you know, all the reviews i watched on youtube all say pretty much the same thing of what you're saying it's just it, it Almost took the heart out of the Mass Effect
0: trilogy. It did. It just it. it, There was nothing about that game that was intriguing, or like you said, they just took the heart out of the game. There was, you know, there was no uh, uh, like your main character in the original trilogy is you. Shepard is you. You you mold that character uh, on what decisions you personally would make. You know, things like that. The people you would let die or the people you would let survive or or you would help. And he just kind of took all that out for for Andromeda. And just, it's just boring. It's just straight up boring.
1: It's a shame. Because, like, Mass Effect is one of those great modern game properties. And I, if I remember right, I think we're getting either a Mass Effect series or
0: a movie. Yeah, we're getting a, a series, I, I think, on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Which I think will has the chance to be really great. Because it, I, in playing Mass Effect the first time, I thought to myself, this would make a good movie or a good series. Yeah. So I, I hope it's able to recapture the magic of the trilogy. I hope yeah, so. And, Andromeda, Andromeda really it really missed the mark. Like that's another one of those games that if we were to make a most disappointing games list, I think that's got to be up there as far as like games of the last, you know, decade plus.
0: Yeah. I I haven't touched it since I first bought it. I think I even deleted uh the game from the hard drive after I quit playing. I was like, "Yep, I'm not going to play this anymore."
1: Yeah. So my number 2, th- these are basically 1A and 1B for me because I dislike them almost equally. And they involve probably two of my three favorite video game franchises. But my number two, I'm going to go with Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Mm. First of all, why would you name the game Sonic the Hedgehog? It's like the new Scream movie. Why don't you just call it Scream 5? Yeah. But it's called Scream. (laughs) This was literally just called Sonic the Hedgehog like no we got that game in 1991 so yeah. come up with some type of you know subtitle to go along with it so it's commonly called Sonic 2006 great graphics one of the best looking Sonic games that has ever been made and that's about where it ends the gameplay is terrible the camera control is worse than the Dreamcast games which i thought was impossible it's caused me to die numerous times the the story to me was very subpar Mm. um it had to deal with time travel but it was it wasn't really executed fairly well and it it introduced a couple of you know newer characters it introduced silver the hedgehog and blaze the cat who were from like a post-apocalyptic future Mm. and they came back in time to to the present to prevent that from happening but it just, what I like about the Sonic games, in addition to the gameplay, I actually like the story that the more modern games you, that they have. But I just couldn't get into this game at all. It has a great exterior, but it's like that old saying, <laughs> you can polish a turd as much as you can, <laughs> but at the end of the day,
0: still, it's still a, turd. a turd. So,
1: <laughs> it, this is, it's to me... And I haven't played every single Sonic game that's ever been made, but it's my least favorite Sonic game of all time, and it's not even close.
0: See, luckily I missed all of those Sonic games. Like I, The only Sonic games I've really played are 1 and 2 and Spinball. That's what I know Sonic as. I never played any of the, the you know, when they moved them into the 3D realm you know, for the the Xbox 360 uh, Sonic games and all that stuff, so I never got to play any of those.
1: The Sonic Adventure games are fun. They've got good stories to them. So to to me, that almost trumps the couple of gameplay flaws Mm -hmm. that they have, but this just has, I don't know what was what Sonic Team was thinking with this, but it was almost like the game wasn't Fo- like finally
0: polished, yeah.
1: If that makes sense,
0: yeah. They probably so put out the, the beta. <laughs> just that's like, what it seemed we, like. We got to get done. We're un- we got to get it out. That's
1: what it seemed like. To be perfectly honest, I think but, that
0: happened a lot back in the day. Honestly,
1: yeah. I feel like you know, in the early days of the the jump from two D to three D, there was a lot of that. But this was. You know, this was Xbox 360, PS3 era. You yeah. know, they had time to perfect it and figure it out, but uh, there, there's really nothing good I can say about this game other than it's a pretty looking one.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, shiny turds, <laughs> for the <laughs> N64, being a huge fan of this uh, genre, I was excited for when this game came out and luckily i didn't buy it right out when it when it launched i rented it and immediately knew oh oh this is not good castlevania 64 yeah what a horrible horrible entry <laughs> into the castlevania um you know game series like it it, it looks awful it sounds awful it like you said, it it looks like the beta of a game, like it doesn't it never felt finished the 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 graphics are terrible the the controls are wonky as hell. And why does he have a motorcycle? like I don't understand what was going on with this game. but all I can say is it should have been they should have known before releasing this that like, oh, this is a bad game. We should just start over.
1: Yeah, I remember reviewing this game. Uh, It might have been either last Halloween or it was the one before. Mm -hmm. And I remember not being able to play it very much just because it was, like you said, it felt incomplete. The combat system was terrible, the graphics were bad. It's just
0: not a good game. (laughs) It's, you know, I know it was hard. Like, I, I know it was hard trying to bring these 2D platformers into the 3D realm, but it could be done. I mean they perfect they Nintendo nailed it with Mario 64. But games like this like the the Castlevania had a rough start into the 3D uh into the 3D realm. I still think Castlevania should stick to a 2D platform. I mean, you look at games like Symphony of the Night, things like that. It it just should stay in that 2D side-scrolling platformer arena because that's Nintendo 64, Castlevania 64 game is just, it is a, an awful, horrible game that they should be ashamed that they even allowed to be put out into the public.
1: And to back up what you said about Castlevania sticking in the 2D realm, I've played one of the Game Boy Advance games, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite in the entire franchise. Really? So. Yeah, no I the I've heard all the other Game Boy Advance versions of Castlevania are great, but I I really liked the the one that I played, so I'm in 100% agreement with you. I, I feel that way about Sonic as well. Even though I like the story aspect of most of the 3D Sonic games, gameplay-wise it still works as that Sega Genesis formula that we saw back in the early 90s. That's why people like Sonic games. Yeah. Same thing with Castlevania. That's what people like about them. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they tried it and it didn't work.
0: Yeah. But they should have, at the same time, looked at it and said, this is not even playable. Like, we shouldn't even release this. Let's just cut our losses and start over.
1: Yeah. There's quite a few games that, we could say about that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we both have the same number one. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure. So we'll just talk uh, about it at the same uh, okay. time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you knew when this when this was. You see the the title of this episode. You got to know what's number one mm-hmm. if you're a fan of this show, Zelda Two, The Adventures of Link. Yep. We both love Zelda.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the original one of the most iconic games of all time. Introduced us to a great, you know, the it introduced us to the world of Hyrule. Great characters, great gameplay. Most of the Zelda games are are quite good. Mm-hmm. But every franchise has that, that skeleton in their closet that they don't want you to talk about. This is the skeleton in Zelda's closet.
0: And I know there's a lot of people out there that love this game. Um, or, uh, you know, will defend it to the day they die but I personally can't stand it.
1: And I don't want to speak for you entirely, but I'll give my explanation as to why I do not like this game. You look at the other great Zelda games, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I'll throw in Link's Awakening and the Oracle games as well for the later Game Boy installments. What do those games have in common? They have their subtle differences, but they play fairly the same. They have that top-down view, Mm -hmm. you go to your dungeons, you collect items, you collect heart pieces, all this stuff that Zelda's known for.
0: That's what made those games so great, especially the original Legend of Zelda, was that huge open world and the exploration of it.
1: But with Zelda 2, yeah, you have that when you're on the overworld map, But when you actually go into a temple or you go to a forest, you get into a Mario style of 2D platforming. And it just doesn't work with Zelda. Like if you if you took the Zelda element out of it, and and, you know, we talked about Agalos a while back on the show. Yeah. That that is what that game should have been. It should have had nothing to do with the Zelda franchise. It, It just it's not Zelda. To me, I, I know it has the Zelda name attached to it, but to me, it is not Zelda because it is so different than all the other Zelda games that came before it. I know they changed the formula a bit when they made the transition to 3D, but that's expected. You look at the other games from that era, they all play similar. Yeah, and but this then you, is not.
0: But it, it works that way when you have that top down exploration, you know, open world. It works when you move it into a 3D realm. It doesn't work when you go to a two D side scroller, Um, and the same thing with uh, you know they tried to do that with uh, a little bit with Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, but at least the original game was still a side scroller, and they kept it that you know side scrolling, uh, you know platformer for the the for Simon's Quest, and but they tried to add in you know some of the exploration elements, which kind of worked, but it was still early and rough. And, but it wasn't to the point where, you know, going into the temples and, you know, Zelda 2 would just, I would just get so lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, I I will say this positive note about Zelda 2. I like the temple music. The temple music was cool. It's one of the better Zelda tracks. Yeah. Even
0: the bad Zelda games have great music.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that—that's really like the only silver lining that I take away from that game. But it, it's just also like the combat system is bad because you just have such limited range with your sword attack. Yeah, like, you have to be able to shoot beams out of your sword in order to really do any type of damage. Otherwise, you've got to be like right up on mm-hmm. the whatever you're fighting, and you're going to get hit every time that happens. The
0: hit boxes in that game are atrocious.
1: Yeah. It it's just it, it's it's a black eye on the Zelda franchise.
0: <laughs> but you I mean, look at you know, they learned their lesson with, you know, when they went on to the Super Nintendo and made uh, arguably one of the best Zelda games, linked to the Past, and they returned to that top-down open world uh explore explorative, you know, gameplay. And that's what works for that genre. Don't put Zelda. Don't put Link in a a side scroller. It just doesn't work.
1: It works for Mario. It works for Sonic. It ain't working for Zelda.
0: No. So yeah, I, I was pretty sure that game was gonna land on both of <laughs> our uh, number one spot because as many times as I've tried to go back and play that game, and I, honestly, I've even watched a couple of uh, like I, I really like watching Arcus on um, Twitch, you know, the speedrunner Arcus. He Mm -hmm. plays Legends of Zelda 2 a lot, especially when he's doing um, his arcathlons and things like that. And he can beat that game in like an hour or so. But even watching him play it, I'm just like, man, this game is boring. It
1: really is. There's there's something to be said about the explorations in Zelda and other games besides Zelda 2. Yeah there's a lot of exploring but there's also a little bit of excitement to it mm-hmm. as well. You know like whenever you're moving to different areas of the map on say Legend of Zelda or a Link to the Past you're curious as to what's going to be next. Yeah. You don't get that with Zelda 2.
0: Yeah, and even with the overworld map in in Zelda 2 it's so sparse and everywhere you move you have those <clears throat> you know those little um little ghost-like characters that chase you and and bring you into uh, to a little fight sequence, almost like uh random encounters in Final Fantasy. Like don't bring yeah. that into Zelda. Like just don't do it. It doesn't work there.
1: But thankfully they haven't gone back to that. Yeah. Like you said they learned their lesson and they gave us you know, arguably the best Zelda game ever made.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, that's a it's a huge leak to go from You know, like a game that people despised to one of the greatest of all time. Like it was that was a huge leap. And that's how you respond. Yep, pretty much. But uh but that was enjoyable. I liked uh I liked making that list this week. Like I said, it it was wasn't a difficult list to make, but I mean there's still a lot of games that I could have added, but none that were like, you know, close to my heart like some of these were.
1: Yeah, when you brought up the idea to me, I pretty much instantly knew the five games that would be on my list. It was just a matter of putting them in order. And and I'm being serious when I say that Zelda 2 and Sonic 2006 are like 1A and 1B. And I think Zelda 2 just barely edges it out because I'm more of a fan of Zelda than I am of Sonic. So I, I take those a little bit more to heart.
0: Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this was fun to do. I think we might do more of these for our uh, Patreon over the next year. Like maybe we could yeah. do some other top five lists because I like doing top five lists. These are fun.
1: Oh, I do too. I mean, it's ever since I started doing them. You know, back when I was doing the morning show during the peak of COVID, people people love top five lists because you know it it just they create great conversation. Just because you know your list will be completely different than mine, and I might think. Oh well maybe that should have been on my list instead of yeah. you know whatever's my number four or number five. So
0: But this was uh this was fun to do. And um thank you guys for um, you, you know, supporting us every single month. I'm gonna play our music here. Thank you for supporting us every single month. We couldn't do this without you, the patrons. you keep the lights on for us and you you get these extra episodes every month. And uh, for those of you uh, the patrons will be getting this way early than everybody else but once this hits the regular feed, You listen to this and you you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and uh, throw us a buck or two a month and that helps us, uh, keeps the lights on here, keeps us going and um, yeah, and send us an email to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. So Derek, is there anything else to add before we get out of here?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm in total agreement with you. I think we should do more of these top five lists. So, I'm down. if you, the patrons, have uh, any suggestions for top five lists, definitely uh, leave them in the comments, and we'll uh, we'll make it happen.
0: Yes, yeah, so we'll see you guys next month. I love the power
1: glove. It's so bad.